I have always been on the water, so it's in my DNA. It's a very calming place, but it's a very powerful place. I realize I have to control my headspace to be positive when I step out the door to train. I revert back to my childhood. And maybe because the water is sort of isolating, you're in this liquid cocoon, and that's how I felt like as a kid, just isolated. I'm finding in this training, it's about being self-sufficient. You're not measuring yourself against another athlete. I'm not measuring myself against society's yardstick. I'm measuring myself against me. At night, when the kids are in bed and, and things are quiet, I, I just, I hear him. He just, you know, he's there. It's not just about the training, man. It's about really rediscovering, you know, who I am, who my family is. And it's, it's awesome. Hey, everybody. Morgan Lattimore here. People call me Coach Morgan, the people's coach. I'm a Marine. I'm a triathlete, I'm a coach, and I'm a family man. And you know what? I like having real conversations with real people. I want to talk to people that are willing to have the, the hard conversations, get down deep and dirty on things that they don't tell anyone else. Because who are those people that avoid the real questions? They still have a long way to go. But the people on this podcast are willing to go deep and let you know who they really are so you can grow from their experiences. My first guest is a guy called Conway Bowman. There's no reason you should have even heard of him. He's never done a triathlon before, let alone won one, but he's training for his first Ironman 70.3 in Oceanside, California. And you guessed it, I am his coach. So you can always imagine that I know my people and I know Conway. We've been talking for a few months now. And guess what? He is a professional outdoorsman. Crazy stuff. Outlandish stuff. Like fly fishing for Mako sharks. Yup, you heard me. Mako sharks. And he's a badass adventurer. As well as being a husband and a dad of two full throttle boys and running and managing the largest wetlands in San Diego County. He's an open book though. No BS. Funny human. And who I'm proud to call my friend. Here's my chat with Conway. What's going on, Conway? How you doing, brother? Coach Morgan, how are you, man? I miss you. Oh, man. Oh, I, you have no idea how I miss you and Southern California. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm living in North Carolina. Either it's extremely cold or it's a, it's um, extremely humid. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's just perfect here right now. It's about, I don't know, 68 oh. degrees and, you know, but it's always like that here, right? So, but. Oh, a nice little jab, you know, about the weather. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that, man. Uh, how, how are you and how are the family going on today? Great. You know, the boys are out playing baseball right now. I'm looking at them down there. Uh, and uh, M Michelle is at work. She's working her butt off. She's got, uh, and she works for a medical device company. They're really, they're really, at a, in a very intense period right now where there's a lot of stuff going on with, because they, they make a, a specific thing that addresses things like COVID. So it, okay. it's really intense. So they're working with hospitals and doctors and it's, it's uh it's, it's, it's a lot and she's coordinating everything. She's a project 
coordinator project, you know, and so she's getting it all, all together. So I, Hey, I'm around the house. I'm doing dishes. I'm vacuuming. I'm feeding the kids. <laughs> I'm cooking. I'm doing all I can. And then in addition to that, working and, and fitting the training in. So, um, yeah, I mean, let's jump right into that. I mean, you know, as your coach, uh, and your friend, um, we have been going through a lot of changes, a lot of, uh, learning, a lot of knowledge based things that you're, the trainers, the the running, the swimming, and then now you know you you know you mentioned uh, basically the home life, right? How is that affecting the boys? You know, it, I I think we're doing a really good job because uh, the boys are they for me I, I make it a priority to spend every moment that I have free with them. So whether we're you know playing baseball in the backyard, we're uh, you know we're going to karate going to soccer practice, baseball, I, I'm there with them. So uh, th that's good. I really want to make that a priority um, because I don't want them to, to see me, you know, leaving in the morning and then coming back late at night and, you know, going, well, you know, what's going on, dad, where you been? So, right. but they have been pretty intrigued by the training. In fact, Max was in the garage with a couple of his buddies a couple of weeks ago and they're, they were like, yeah, dad, um, we're going to go run over to the, to the school. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah. So do they have like kids triathlons? <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, so they, they're getting into it too. So yeah. Have you, have, have you had a chance to like take them to the pool, which you go running with you or anything like that or not yet? No. Um, you know, when I'm going to the pool, it's usually midday and they're in school. Right. Um, but that's something I'm going to do probably right, right around Thanksgiving. They're going to have a, a week off. So, um, I, I tell you what I did do though. I took Max over to the track. There's a really great track by my house right. and I had him ride his bike and I kind of chased him down and he kind of paced me around the track. That's so awesome, he kind of liked that. Yeah. He was, you yeah. know, and he was totally hammering it too. And I'm like trying to keep up and then he'd slow down and, you know, that's, I mean, that's great. You know, because a lot of people like forget about that creativity that you have to have when you are training for something like a 70.3 uh, yeah. or Ironman uh, at any, in any given distance, how do you basically find harmony between family your professional life and your training and that yeah. becomes come difficult. And a lot of people deal with, um, well, I would ask you like, have you ever had any moments where you felt guilty or where you, because you're away or you're doing something? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no question. Um, so the guilt is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll walk into the house and I, I have this sense of guilt that I, I have to do something like whether it's fold the clothes, do the, you know, just that kind of stuff, take the garbage, you know, that's the kind of guilt I, I, I have. It's always kind of there because my wife, she works full time. She's got two rambunctious boys. And so my guilt is, am I doing enough? Am I helping enough? And that's just kind of me. Um, and then of course, you know, I've, I've, I've done a little bit of traveling during the last few months and yeah, I, I feel guilty when I'm on the, on a plane flying somewhere because I know she's kind of shackled with the responsibility of, uh, you know, taking care of the kids, working full time. She has to coordinate the daycare, coordinating the pickup from school, you know, and oftentimes she works at home too. And that's really tough too. So yeah, but my, you know, Michelle is, she's a champ and I'll tell you, you know, she, uh, it was a couple of Sundays ago. Um, what happened? I was, I, I was complaining about what was it? I think, Oh, going to Max's baseball game. I'm like, okay. I got to go to Max's baseball game. I told him I was going to do that. 
but I had a, a finite amount of time to get my, I think it was a run, run in that day. Okay. And she's like, hey, look, just look, go for your run. Max will be okay. Just go for your run. You got to get that out of the way. You have to do that. And I'm like, well, I can do it later. She's like, no, because later you're going to be more tired. It's going to be later in the day. You know, you, uh, uh, she basically knows I, I have good workout times where I'm more effective. So later in the day, sometimes I'm not, I'm kind of tired. Right. So she, she said, Hey, you got to go out and do that. So she's been a motivating factor to really say, Hey, you know, you, you know, get on it. Don't, don't worry about it. Just, you know, get your workouts in, get, get the miles in. And so having that kind of support is, uh, is huge, yeah. but she's always been like that. I mean, even when I fish, when I'm doing, when I'm, when I'm head deep in my fishing season and I'm running and gunning every day, I mean, I am gone. I mean, I'm gone sunrise to sunset. She knows that's what I do. Um, so I'm really fortunate. I mean, no. You know, I, I, what you need to do is interview her with my, <laughs> and, and see what she says. But what's the other side of the story? But she's totally true to form. I mean, she's, she's no BSer. You know, if she didn't like it, she'd say, Hey, dude, uh, you know what? You need to. So, and she, she just doesn't do that. So let's talk about the beginning of the process, though. You know, you, you know, you talk about how your boys have, you know, adjusted to it. But what, what was that conversation like when you told her that you was going to do a 70.3 or you wanted to go down this road? Can you tell us about that? Can you go back to it? Or was it just like, hey, I'm doing this and guess what? This is what it is. <laughs> no, she she was really actually really pretty excited about it. She's like, yeah, at 55, I think that'd be kind of cool. And I, I think I said, do you know how much time it's going to take? She's like, look, you, I mean, since I've known you, you've traveled, you've worked very hard no matter what you do, whether it's fishing, whether it's you know working as a wetlands manager you put your heart in, into everything. So I know that's in your personality. So training for a 70.3, you know, I know that you're just going to be somewhat consumed with that. But, but she did also say, look, you know, just don't forget about us. And so I haven't, um, but it wasn't like, Oh no, Oh my gosh, you're not going to be around, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no. You know, yeah. so I think I, I have a sense of obligation every day that I really have to I have to help out. I have to pick up the slack because I know that she's really, really busy, but she's really been great in letting me know, Hey, it's okay. And probably because she knows that, you know, this goes till April and then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to pull back and, you know, kind of reset a little bit. But to be honest, Morgan, because I've always lived a really busy life and I've traveled and I've, I've worked really hard at, at other things. It, it, it actually is, it's making me more, more organized. It really is. Cause I know that I have to do certain things, right? Right. I have to do my, um, I have to do my workouts. I have to, you know, report to my job. I have to, I have to do, I have to take care, you know, uh, get the kids to, you know, baseball, soccer, karate. So in 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 a sense, it's made me even more organized, which is good, and it's good for her too, because she knows, hey, your workout's going to be, you know, today. Good, just let me know when you're going to do it, and we'll organize around that. So it it's 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 working out great. Yeah, you got a lot of spouses out there that, um, you know, sometimes you know I've had athletes where they're challenged because they don't have the support that they need, right? A uh, husband or, or wives or you know whatever is whoever's racing at that time, and they just feel alone. 
right? And to hear that your your wife is giving you that total support as a husband my, myself, like I want to know how like how does that make you feel? Like what is the, what are the feelings that you have like when you hear is like I, I'm there for you, I'm there with you, and this would be so cool if you did it. Oh, it, it, it's 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 the biggest boost of confidence I can get going out the door every day to train because I, I know that my wife has my back on this and she wants to really be there throughout the whole journey and ultimately be there at the finish line and cheering me on. I, I mean, it's going to be amazing. So knowing that it builds confidence. Yeah, I you know when I'm on a on a run or a ride or a swim, I know that when I get home, I'm, I'm going to walk through the door and there's not going to be any like, well, you know, I really wish you would have been here or, you know, that took longer than, 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 than you said it, you know, that kind of stuff that, that does not happen in this household. Yeah. And as I said, I'm very fortunate because as you said, there are, you know, spouses and partners that get into things and they don't quite realize the commitment that an athlete or, or, or not even an athlete, a fisherman or whatever has has to put into what they're doing to be to be to be good to be successful to achieve their goals. Uh, so it's a huge part of the game. And if Michelle wasn't like that, that would be another sort of a something in the back of your head that would grind you down. Because what, you know what I've I've realized through training is my head has to be very clear when I go into any sort of training. I mean, I my head has to be in the right space because if it's not. I, I will, I, I kind of get sidelined and I, 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 I press, I, you know, I, I just get, I get uptight. So knowing that I've got the support from my wife and my kids, it's unbelievable. So, right. but I have learned that I, and there have been occasions where I've been stressed out over a few, a couple of things, whether it's a work related thing, whether something didn't go right during the day and it just took me off to a, you know, just, I went off the rails a little bit. I realize I, I have to control my head and my headspace to be positive when I step out the door to train, whether it's swimming, whether it's running, whether it's biking. And once I do that, I can really focus in on the training. So the support really wraps into that. And um, it, it's been great. How's the training been for you? Like, have, have you had some moments you like, why am I doing this? Or like, you know, what is this for? Or this is too much? Or I don't know enough? Or I'm not ready? Have you ever had any dark moments in training yet? Uh, you know, it's I don't know enough. Um, I think that's it. But I haven't had dark moments. And I, I'll tell you the reason why is because the programs that you've been putting together, you've been working me through it very systematically and very slowly. So I'm, I'm kind of moving into it at a good pace for me. But you know what's killer is I get to see my progress. That's what's cool because yeah. of, of what we have going. I can go, okay, my heart rate was this today, but last week it was, you know, or whatever. And I, I see my gains. If I were just doing this by myself, I would have burned out three months ago. I mean, and, and totally been like, you know, this sucks. You know, I, I can't do this. Probably because I would have been so fatigued because I, 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 I didn't know how to train. So with, with a coach like you, you're giving me that framework to go, okay, um, train hard, rest, 
train hard, rest. If you miss something because of whatever happens, it's okay, but continue, just continue moving, continue making that next workout, the best workout you can get. So that's what I'm learning out of it. So, so I'm looking at it each day is a sort of a brick in my life. So it's, it's a brick that's building to this ultimate, you know, this ultimate goal. Right. Um, so it's more of a short-sighted thing. If I if I looked at the thing all, you know, all around like if I looked at if I looked at it, it could be really too big for me. But each day yeah. is is sort of is is what I'm concentrating on. Yeah. That I, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day and it had Will Smith on there and they yeah. asked him like how like how do you have you created things in your life, right? How have you done that? And it's funny that you bring up the brick because that's the analogy that he used. Oh, he said most people want to build this massive wall, this massive building, and they worry about how the building's supposed to look. He said, he said, you you're too you're it's too infinite, right? It's too much going on, too right? Big. You have to get way more specific. The specificity has to be there. So I don't focus on the wall. I focus on making every brick as perfect as possible, as laying it as perfect as possible, spackling it as perfect as possible. And if I take every brick and I put that 100% effort into each one, yeah, eventually I'm going to have a perfect wall. Yeah, And then my yeah. work is going to be seen for ages. And I do every project like that. And even myself, like I don't worry about the next thing or the next thing. Everybody's like, what about this? What about this? But what about now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing as we start talking, we're talking about training, we're talking about the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, not looking too far ahead. When what goals do you have for yourself in the next couple of months? What would you like to see? Well, okay. So the the first goal is um, uh, being able to start, you know, getting off the bike and like doing some runs, just getting the feel for that. Okay. Um, but just getting the solid miles in and also uh, l- looking at my times and making sure they're, they're, they're right. You know, just making sure that I'm progressing with my times in the swim, in the run, in the bike, and just have that, just have positive progression and all that. And I, I know at some point I'm going to regress. I know that. And, and so it's how I'm also going to deal with the re- regression. Cause I, I'm assuming that There'll be a point where I'll be like, "Oh shoot, okay, I had all this progress, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm I'm not. I've hit a plateau, or it, you know, it's, it's winter time. It, it, what you know, I thought about this. If I get a cold or if I get the flu, now it's going to set me back a little bit. And so then, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so do I have to start from scratch and build back up? So these are all things that are going through through my mind. But the goals, just my my goal is progress every single day. Build as we talked about. Build the brick. Build the foundation. So every, you know, it's more yardage in the pool. It's another mile on the road running. It's another, you know, it's another mile on the bike. Or you know, it's another ten minutes running. Another mile on the bike. Just progress, progress, progress. Because that's how my mind kind of works. If I see progression, that's motivation. If I start seeing regression, like oh shoot, then that's going to be. I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. Um, so, but. I'm assuming it's going to happen at some point, uh, you know, and you, you, you never know. I mean, um, like I said, if I get a cold or something, but you know, I don't know, but that's, that's where you come in and you could guide me through that. Cause that's uncharted waters for me. For sure. I mean, as we talk about, you know, 
there's a lot of progression in training mentally. Uh, we're going to progress as we go into nutrition. But the biggest things that I think that we we miss is coaches and athletes is the progression that you've had throughout life because they're those could be superpowers yeah because sometimes we forget where we've come from right so have you had any times in, in like as a, in your childhood where you feel like you weren't progressing oh man um yeah yeah I, definitely yeah definitely I, when i was a kid i felt very isolated and I, because I, I grew up in a neighborhood with, with no kids, it was an older neighborhood and I had older sisters and I was the only boy. And it's funny, I was just having this conversation with my six-year-old and, um, I, I just felt like, um, I, I didn't have, you know, the kids to play around with. So I felt like, yeah, I wasn't as coordinated as an athlete. I wasn't, you know, I just, I didn't ride a bike as far as some of the kids that, that were, that I went to school with. I was kind of just... I was just kind of an oddball, kind of clunky, you know, but, um, so that comes to mind, but feeling isolated was really interesting. And I think about that a lot, um, when I'm riding the bike or I'm in the pool, especially when I'm in the pool, cause I'm underwater and that, that space in the water is really neat for me. Cause I'm, it's like another world I'm isolated yeah. and that goes through my mind. I, 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 I revert back to my childhood and maybe because the water is sort of isolating, you're in this you know, you're in this liquid cocoon. And that's how I felt like as a kid, I was sort of just isolated, but I worked, I had ways of working through that. I would just, you know, I would go to the, go to a playground and I'd shoot the basketball or I would, and I would, I would be very, very self-sufficient. And I'm finding in this training, it's, it's about being self-sufficient. You're not measuring yourself against another athlete. I'm not measuring myself against society's yardstick. Facts. I'm measuring myself against me. And I think as a kid, and, and as I said, I'm realizing this throughout my training now, I had to do that. I, just, I had to rely on myself. I had to just sort of, you know, figure it out. So that, I think that's what I'm doing. But it, this training isn't only, you know, building me physically, but also mentally. I mean, it's amazing the stuff that I, that cut, that, you know, pops up in my memory when I'm, when I'm halfway through my swim when I'm on, I'm on the bike, it's, but it's really, it's, it's really cool. It's cool. It's, it's kind of cleansing. You know, you sort of, you, you go, Oh, okay. I mean, dude, the stuff that's popped up in my head since I've been training, it's nuts. I mean, it's like, wow, I haven't thought about that stuff in years and years and years. Um, and as I said, especially in the pool, I've always been a waterman, but, um, but being in a pool and swimming is really interesting. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just, I love it. Loving, I love being under the water and just kind of with silence, you know, that it, it's an, you know, the silence, it's just the sound, the sound deprivation. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, but, and as I'm, I'm going through my drills, I'm replaying these movies in my head. So maybe that's some sort of, you know, therapy that I'm going through there. I don't know. I mean, it is therapy, right? Anytime you, the, the, the best times we, we look at meditation, look at, uh, we talk about reflection, we talk about uh, quiet time, uh, self uh, care. It, it, it is therapy. And we have to have the ability to go to these quiet places and sometimes just be, well, some people like would consider bored and think about nothing. So, so, so thoughts can occur, right? Right, Because we, our days are filled with so much chaos. Yeah. And I know you said something just a few minutes ago about, you know, not worried about, you know, what everybody else is doing and, and really focusing on you. 
and we get so you know our egos like let society put um their their spin on our lives right and if you if we're doing that like you're not really you're not racing for you you're not racing for you, yourself and when 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 times get tough you forget it because it's hard to do things that are not meant for you to do right when you stay within your own realm like you say i'm in my head and you're thinking about those things right those things are are, are genuinely just for you and how you process them yeah. so how, like, what are those what are those things for you like what like when you say I, i'm in it i'm just thinking about it like what is the what is the probably the most profound growth you've had in those quiet moments oh um pushing through like if i'm tired being able to kind of just bridge that, just bridge through that, just go ahead and, and just push through. And what, what it's, it's funny, those moments when I, and it's hard to articulate this, but, um, I always go back to, you know, we talked about my dad and how he had to push through and he had to be, you know, resilient. And so when, when I'm kind of gassed and I'm not feeling great, I just get in that headspace going just one more stroke or one more pedal or one more, you know, when I'm running one more mile or whatever it is. I just, that sort of dry, that drives me. As we look at those moments, right? As we, you talked about your dad, right? That's that's I know that's a big piece for you. Yeah. Um, and let's let's talk about your relationship with the water. Oh, well, so you know, growing up in San Diego, I was on the water. I mean, from the time I've been uh, probably three years old, my dad had a boat. We fished. We, you know, my dad was a, he was an old time surfer, um, and my life was was the water. I mean, there wasn't probably a day that I that I was not on the water to some degree. And then, you know, um, when I got a full-time job, I was working on the water for the city of San Diego's water department. So I have always been on the water my entire life. I, I would say the better part of my life. I'm 55 now. I would say I've spent, well, 53 years of it somewhere mm. on the water or close to it. So it's in my DNA, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very calming place, but it's a very powerful place. It's a very scary place at times. You have to respect the water. Um, and, and I, and I see why people are fearful of it because they don't quite understand it because it's this fluid kind of mysterious mm -hmm. thing that is maybe the strongest thing in the world, but yet uh, it can Bruce back Lee up. Say it. It, it, oh, yeah, that's right. That documentary <laughs> was awesome, by the way, but yeah. it it's strong, it's powerful, and it can turn on you at any moment, but it will also let you into it and you can float around and just be in it. Like, it's like a womb, yeah. right? So, but it, it'll, it'll turn on you in a second. And man, when it does, man, it is, you're blessed if you can get out of it because a raging, a raging sea or a raging, whatever, what a raging river, my God, it's the scariest thing on earth, but it, yeah. it like on the ocean, and I've seen this, it will be raging, big surf, huge winds, and all of a sudden, boom, wind dies, the sea calms down, and now you're in beautiful glassy water. So it can turn its personality like that. So, um, but that's what I, that's, that's what I love about the ocean. It's just sort of, it's just this mysterious creature. It's, you know, they call it mother ocean, and I know why. She lets you in, 
if you get out of line, she whips your ass. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't and want then, that either. <laughs> no. And then if you're a good, if you're a good boy, she'll say, okay, you're okay. So, but my kids, my wife has had, had them out on a stand up paddleboard when they were one year old, both of them. She put them in a milk crate and she paddled out through the surf because she wants them to be very comfortable in the water and to respect it. My, my wife is an unbelievable water person. She is an expert surfer, uh, stand up paddleboarder. And early on, she's like, my, our kids are not going to be afraid of the ocean. And I, and I remember this great time. Max was, he was probably two years old and we were at the beach and he walked down to the water and I, I was w- just watching her watch him. He walked down, and he got knocked over by a wave. Okay. And he was kind of wallowing around kind of in the, kind of in the shallow water. And a lot of moms would run down and try to rescue him. Michelle, she kind of slowly moved down and let him kind of figure it out himself. And he got up and he looked around, he looked for mom and she did not let him see her. And then he kind of brushed it off and then he went right back into the water. So she had that, that insight to don't, she didn't want to coddle him. She wanted him to understand. And this is, this is, you can ask her about this, but this was my observation. She wanted him to understand that the ocean is powerful. It can knock you down, but then you can stand up and then you can shake yourself off and then carry on, if that makes sense. So yeah. both my kids are amazing in the water. Max is a, that if he ever wants to get into triathlons, that kid, I mean, that kid can swim like a fish, man. He is awesome. He's got long legs, long arms. He's built like his mom, man. But yeah, he, he's a, he's a unbelievable water man he's great yeah would you would you say the water has built your philosophy on life um i would yeah i i would say it's yeah because both things are very fluid you can't control them you can't you can't there's certain things you can control uh but ultimately you know life is just a journey just like the ocean or just like a river it is continually flowing and moving and there are ebbs there ebb and flow. There's currents. Sometimes you have to accelerate through, you know, whether you're on a boat in a wave or in a boat going down a river, sometimes you have to slack off and slow down so you don't go over the rapids or drop down into the trough. It's like surfing too. You're on a surfboard. Sometimes you have to, you drop in, the, the wave might be really, really like crashing really hard in front of you. So you have to accelerate out of that or you have to slow down. So the wave catches up. So Life and the water parallel each other. Great. They're great metaphors. So ebb and flow, it's just ebb and flow. And it's, and I think growing up around the water, I've been fortunate to kind of, to kind of just, you know, by default, just, I've, I've, it's like secondhand smoke. It's just here it is. And it's in my blood. As you are, you know, going into the water and you said your kids got in there, they're one years old. And she like, when you said that one, you took her to the surf. I, I'm an adult. And I went, when you go to the surf, like some adults look at it as like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then she puts them on a, she oh, puts them on a milk crate. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take you out in the surf. Like her, I'm going to tell you, like whoever's listening, like this, the skill level for that, just be on yeah. the paddleboard by yourself yeah. is a whole nother. Then you, you go into you know, not just the calming water, but through the surf and the rough yeah. water. That, that takes a, a, like you said, she has a, she's a, her, her level of skill in the water and her comfort, how comfortable, comfortable she is, oh, yeah. is, is amazing. But who put you in the water? Like who introduced you to it? My dad. So we had a, um, we had a rec center by our house when I, when I was a kid. 
And I remember he took uh, my sister and me up there one summer. And this is no joke. So we're sitting around the pool. It's kind of a hot, eh, hot summer day. And I'm smelling the chlorine in the pool. I'm like, God, this is, it just smelled really weird. And he, he put me in the pool. He said, hold on to the side of the pool. So I'm holding on to the side. I think I was probably, I, I was probably three or four. So I'm holding on and I'm, I'm looking, I'm, he's staring down at me and he had these, they used to make these, uh, surf trunks called bird wells or very Southern California surf trunks. And I, <laughs> I remember looking up and he had these red bird wells on and he was a freaking strapping guy. He looked like Ernest Hemingway. He was, you know, kind of built and, and he, and he's looking down at me. He said, okay. And he gets down on one knee. He goes, he's, and he takes my hands and he takes me off the wall and dunks my head. And there I am. I mean, I am just floating. I'm sinking basically. Right. And I, I, I just, I started kicking and I came up and I grabbed the side of the side of the pool again. And there he was looking down at me. He said, okay. You know, and then he did it to my sister, but that was my first experience in the water. I never had a formal swimming lesson or anything. I would just, at that point, I would just get in the water and just kind of, you know, I'd figured it out. Play. In, in retrospect, yeah. In retrospect, my gosh. I mean, I, I mean, I could have, I could have drowned, but. You know, but that's, that was him. He's like, you're going to figure it out. So I figured it out. So maybe that's why I figure things out now. I mean, I can go through my head and kind of go, okay, this doesn't work. This works. This doesn't work. Okay. That works. So it might've been because of that, because you know, when you're three or three or four years old and you get dunked in the water with, and there's no safety net, you got to figure it out. Right. Yeah. But the, but the big thing about it, as I look at it, right. Like he, he held your hand and he lets you go. But he was there when you came back. Right. He was always there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Is that, is, was that always his stand in your life? Always. And he was not that sort of father that he wasn't like a big rah rah. Oh, yeah. You know, when I would play sports, he was not like, all right, way to go. You know, way to kick ass. He was the guy when I was playing football. Um, I would be in the huddle and I would look up and he would always be in the same spot in, in the bleachers, all the way up in the corner, all by himself. And just just sitting there watching, and 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 that was his position the whole time. He would never insert himself into my so what I was doing athletically or really anything. But he would always give good, nice, gracious advice. He'd say, "You know, you did a good job," or or he would say things like, "What happened on that fumble? You know, if I fumbled the ball, or if I struck out in baseball, what happened on that strike?" It would not like, you know, why did why did you fumble the bar? Why did you strike out? It was always like, you know. He was just really graceful at sort of getting stuff out of me and, and not making me feel like an idiot for for failing. So that was great. I mean, so he was just he was just that kind of a he was just an omnipresence that was always just there and a and a very strong, very he he had he had a very quiet strength. That guy would walk into a room and people, he was like a magnet. They would just, they would just gravitate towards him. Yeah. Just, he just had that thing. Right. You said that he was always there is that, that energy. Like when is the last time have you felt that energy from him? Do you feel it every day? I know, I know when he, he passed away in what year? Two years ago. So it was uh, June of what, what is it now? So it was two, two, two years ago, June. So. Um, have you felt that energy since then all the, every day every single day what does it do for you oh it it it, it motivates me especially during workouts that that if i'm feeling down i I'll, i just think about him 
and I wear I wear a medal that he he wore. It's a Saint Christopher medal, and that thing will be bouncing around my neck, and I'll look at it, and boom! It it just gives me a, a boost of energy. But at night, when the kids are in bed and and things are quiet, I I just I hear him. He just you know he's there. So you miss him? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the that's the based off your relationship there was a lot of love in that oh and man do, yeah. do, do you do you uh, what does that example mean to you like as you raise your boys i can't say enough about the example uh what what a what a pillar he was even up to the end he was so so dedicated he, he not only dedicated to his family my three sisters and my mother and me but but he, to his grandkids his grandsons my guy he would drive up Every Saturday, he would drive 30 miles to see them, and he would take them to baseball and karate. He wanted to be a part of it, but he would also come up, and he would bring a book, and he would read He would read books to them. He would make them read to him. He would talk about world history. He was a World War II vet, so he talked about World War II. He talked about human rights. He talked about, um, you know, just, uh, you know civil rights. He, I, he was an amazing guy. The last conversation he had with my kids, we went down to see him. This is about three weeks before he passed. And the world was going crazy at that time with all the, you know, just everything was going nuts. And he, it, I could tell it really hurt him to see the world in, in the state that it was. And he sat them down and he said, I want to talk to the boys for a minute. So it was, it was early on in COVID. So they had to kind of sit apart and he had a mask on and, and I was in the kitchen with my mom kind of just listening and he talked about world history. So it was world war one, world war two, and how that, that war could have gone the wrong way. If, 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 if we didn't stay, if America didn't step up and, and really, you know, brought, and bring the world together. And as a nation collectively get together for a common cause, which was to, you know, to not let, you know, Adolf Hitler come in and take over the world. He said, and that was a wonderful thing. And he was, he's, he, and, and then he went from that. He talked about Vietnam. He talked about Martin Luther King. He talked about, um, you know, the whole civil rights movement and how, you know, how that played into, you know, into history and how important it was. And then, I mean, he went through, I mean, just all this great stuff to kids that were, I think Jackson was four and Max was 10 and they were both glued to him. They were, they just, they just couldn't, but he did it in in a really, you know, in kid terms, he didn't, you know, he didn't get crazy, but he gave my kids a historical perspective on the world at that age. And also a great wisdom that as bad as it gets, Things w- always write themselves. As as crazy as things get, things always come back. You know, to to he, he called it like a, a, a true north, uh, like a north heading or a, a, a north compass heading. You'll always you'll always come back to true north. And it was it was amazing. And then he passed away three weeks later. And that's kind of in a nutshell what he was talking uh, talking to him about. There was all kinds of other stuff too, but but man, it was just amazing. And my kids were so blessed to have a grandfather that spent so much time with them who was in World War II, who experienced, you know, Vietnam, wasn't in it, but he was right there. He was there during the riots. He, he was there about there during, you know, all the craziness in the sixties, um, you know, just, and, and all the way up to, to, to write, you know, what's going on right now or right before he died. 
and putting that in, into perspective because that's very overwhelming for a young child. Holy moly, it's all overwhelming for us, you know. So I think he set their he set their compass to where they they had an understanding what was going on because you know for a kid things are so chaotic if, if they don't have something anchoring. So we're talking about building our bricks, right? Our foundation. We're talking about that in training. He was building a foundation for my my two boys to to have to have that foundation so they can they can they can build up from that knowing where we came from where you know how what what this what this nation was built on so it was really cool and um so yeah my kids and and they're and they'll they'll talk about Abraham Lincoln they'll talk about Martin Luther King they'll talk about all this cool stuff because of my my dad yeah i mean that's that's a huge part i mean that's sometimes we we talk to our kids like they're children, but if we tell them the real life, right, they take those experiences through life with them and yeah. help help you understand. Like, what with him talking to your your sons, what is the most valuable lesson that you that you that you've gotten from your father, uh, and that you imply in, in everything that you do today? Just be there, just be there, be there, be there for them. Don't. At the end of the day, that's really all that. That's all that counts if you think about it. Uh, your kids, your family. Family first. Family, family first. first. And, and everything else takes a backseat to that. And so that's how you prioritize it. My dad was, he was a devout, he was, he was a, he was pretty religious and he had his priorities, right? He had, but you know, God was his first thing. But then after that, it was, you know, why, you know, family and then everything else after that. So, um, but for me, yeah, my family is is the priority. And at the end of the day, if shit hit the fan, you know what? The, my family is that. That's it. Everything else can just, you know, take a back seat. going full circle so tell, what about like what was the role your mom played in your life like what did that look like oh so my mom was a very quiet strength my dad filled up a room man he was a big uh, he was a he was a, a he was just a, a a magnetic guy but my mom played the role of like you know she stayed in the background but she organized everything man she was the organizer she made sure that you know, the calendar was filled out the kids got to school. She worked too, by the way. So, um, but she had, um, so I lived in an interesting household. Uh, it was my family, my mom, my dad, my three sisters and me. And then we had, it was kind of a, a kind of a, it was a big sort of a, like a, like a compound. And we had two other houses in the front house. My great aunt lived there with her husband. And then in the back house, my grandmother lived there. So it was a community. So my mom, though, was the one who sort of organized everything. So my great aunt and my grandmother took care of the kids. She, they cooked for us. They got us to school. My mom and dad worked every day. And, but my mom was coordinating, okay, you know, you need to, you know, she would have lists. And my grandma and my aunt would, would basically, you know, implement that list. Plus, my mom was totally into 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 health food back in like in the 60s and they thought they thought we were a bunch of weirdos because we had a 
you know, we had a, a pretty bi- uh, a big sort of compound. We grew all our own vegetables and fruit. We had we drank goat's milk. She had goat's milk brought oh my in goodness. every <laughs> every Friday. She had goat's milk trucked in from like forty miles away, and then and I could still remember that guy coming up the walkway every every Friday morning, and you'd he'd have uh, a twelve like a 12 pack of goat's milk and you hear, mm. you'd hear the bottles going clink, 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 clink when he was walking up and he'd set them right on the front, front porch, <laughs> clink. But my mom, she's like, you guys are not going to eat like any junk food. And she stuck to that. I mean, she had a saying, it, her saying was the whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. <laughs> because she's, there's, she's, it almost is still true. They got to refine uh, it a little bit, but it's still yeah, true. She's like, there's no nutritional value in that. And oh my God, it was crazy. I mean, on weekends, we'd be picking vegetables and fruit and she'd be making homemade jam with my grandma and my aunt. Oh, it was awesome. But we were the freaks on the block because all the kids were eating Twinkies and or all the, you know, it was was nuts. Junk food, processed foods. But that was my mom. I mean, she was very focused on the health of our family. And she was also really into, you know, the arts. So all of us kids went through music lessons. We listened to this story. I wanted a drum set when I was 10, right? And um, she's like, okay, you want a drum set? Okay, you're going to have, no, no, okay. I got the drum set when I was 10. So I was I was seven. She's like, you want, uh, you want a drum set? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, you're going to have to give me three years of singing lessons, tap dancing, ballet, and acting. I'm like, what? And I did it just so I could get that drum really? set. Yes. And, and, and dude- at, at the end of that three-year term, I remember I walked in. I'm like, mom. And she's like, I know exactly what you're going to ask for, your drum set. I go, yep. She goes, okay, we're going to go get it on Saturday. So that Saturday, we went down to Allen's Music Store in, in the town we lived in. She bought me my drum set. You do any acting anymore? Oh, no, no, no. My sister's <laughs> my Hey, my twin sister is, a, is an award-winning actress. She's awesome. Great awesome. voice, too. But she, oh, my God. I was, I was, uh, I mean, I, I, I. I was singing with an Irish tenor coat, you know, anyway. So, oh my God, she had, and then my voice changed and I couldn't sing anymore. But my twin sister though, uh, she had a tremendous singing and acting Give us a note, man. Give me a note. Give me Uh, something. I can't sing. I can't sing anymore. No. There. there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you no. got it. So you have to understand. Yeah. See, you like, you forgot. It's, it's a little rust. You got to knock the dust off. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll stick to training. <laughs> I'll stick to training. That's awesome, man. No, but so mom was that, she was that anchor, man. She kept that, that held down. Plus, you know, my dad, shit, he was, a, he was a Shakespearean actor. He did all kinds of crazy stuff with no training. I mean, he was like a jack of all trades. He could do anything. He could sing, he could dance, he could act. He could write. I mean, he was he was a, he was a teacher. He was an an advanced. Uh, 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 he was a, a literature teacher. Okay. Uh, for a, AP students, and but God, that guy he was multi talented too. So, and we would have the craziest like Thanksgivings and um, Christmas parties because, you know, you'd have like, okay, so you'd have our family, then you'd have all the actors and then you'd have like you know some guy on the piano and everybody's singing and then you'd have like a priest sitting at the table and it was Sounds just like, like a movie <laughs> dude <laughs> dude my family was a total movie oh yeah <laughs> oh man you got your mom right she you said she's the quiet one the swift silent and deadly right and like what like when did you like have your first like adult conversation with her 
like just like just about life and, and philosophy or like how what she saw in you guys or what she did like you know because you know you had the you know my mom was pretty quiet too but there was that moment when i got a little bit older we had like our first real conversation as two adults yeah you know i think i was dating this girl and i walked into her room and i said hey mom i, I really like this girl and she's like really okay let's sit down and have a talk and then she just said, so tell me about her, you know? And it was like total inquisition, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> and, and then at the end of the conversation, and we talked about a lot of stuff and I'll get into this even deeper in a second. And then she just said, you know, she's not right for you. That's simple. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, what? And she's like, you just wait. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you just wait. And she was totally right. So she had that wisdom. But I, my mom and I have really, so my mom and I were very, are very similar Right. So mm. she and I butt heads or we used to butt heads just because we have similar things that, that go on. And so we had, you know, we had a difficult, not a difficult relationship, but it was, you know, it's like if you're around the same, a person who's like you, it's going to be difficult. Um, but once my father died, so we have gotten so close and it's unbelievable. So every Wednesday we go and we walk around a lake. She's 94. Oh man! And she and I walk walk a mile. That's awesome. And we sit and we have the most amazing conversations. And we both came to the conclusion that that we are very we are we are very similar. And but we've worked so many things out over the last two years. So though the passing of my father is is sad, I've now built a much deeper relationship with my mother. And so it's you know. Uh, one door closed and another one opened and it's a really beautiful wonderful relationship she's funny she was always really funny but man she is so funny so smart but i realized she's the one who kept everything together i mean she was yeah. the the glue um so at the oceanside 70.3 iron man um she's going to be there and she's going to be on that she's going to be on that finish line and the first thing i'm going to do Run across that finish line. I'm going to look up and go and, and, and say, hey, thanks, dad. But I'm going to give her the biggest hug and kiss and say, thanks, mom. You know, because at the end of the day and after reflecting on this for two years, she's really the reason why we're all we've all been successful, including my father. You know, so, you know, it's 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 amazing. So this these are the things that these are the things that are coming out of what we're doing. You and me and, and Iron Man yeah. and Hoka. It's. It, it it's not just about the training, man. It's about really rediscovering, you know, who I am, who my family is. And it's, it's awesome. It's just great. It is, man. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. I appreciate the, what I appreciate the, you, the person that your, your parents and your, the, the life that you've lived. And uh, we, I think we all need to sit back and like think of and reflect on the, the good things that we've had, you know, you know, I know that we all have struggles. You've had struggles. I've had struggles. But like, there's so much good, right? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, with Hoka and Iron Man, with the representation of, of of what's possible, what we can do, not what we what we can't do, but what we can do, yep. is redefine ourselves. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the key. And then the things that we do each day is like a different chapter. And then we're excited about what the next chapter is. What is the what's what's behind the next page and the next page? Yeah. And that's what training is about. It's about Pulling those pages back, writing your story every day, right? And deciding who you would like to be. You want to be a superhero? Do you want to be a, a Buddhist monk? Do you want to be a great father? Do you want to be a uh, you know a, a fisherman that 
fly fishes for mako sharks, right? <laughs> like yeah. whatever you want to do, that's what it's about. That's what life is about. And I think that your journey is just it, it's just beginning, right? Oh, it, uh, absolutely. Like you said, every day I'm writing a new page. I'm building a new foundation. I'm, I'm building a new brick every single day. And my mind is just getting so much more open to to just things that like like I said, when I'm training, I'm now I'm I'm opening up doors that hadn't been opened in I mean, since I was a kid. And I'm thinking about that. And I hadn't thought about that stuff you know, since I was a kid, but it's good yeah. because I needed to process all that stuff. So, and then seeing my kids, it makes me a better father because I have more, in, I have more sort of wisdom like what my dad had. So the the wisdom that I'm, that I'm getting out of opening these doors in my brain through training and just, it's helping them understand me better and helping me be a better father, I think. Oh, and no thing. I think it- it's, it's, it's what's happening. It's the, the example you said because the examples that were set for you, right? Yeah, and it, yeah. with this with this this episode of this podcast, it, it's, it's going to set example for those that are listening, yeah. right? That, you know, we affect each other. We affect our children. We affect our wives, our husbands, our mothers, our fathers, and they affect us. Yeah. And so everything we do, somebody's watching. Everything yep. we say, somebody's listening. Everything we are, somebody's going to be. And yeah. I think choosing to do the right thing and choosing to do things that challenge us daily is literally mm-hmm. what make us keep pushing forward. Yeah. Or as we as we wrap it up and we get out of here, man, I just want to say thank you and and, and ask you to give us give us some wisdom that your father would have gave you. Uh, just and this is it's 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 this simple. Do not give up push through whatever you got going, but it's that simple. Don't give up. He didn't give up. Um, and that's it. I mean, that, it's that simple. It is. I think we complicated more than it needs to be. And I, appreciate <laughs> I, you. I think, I think we do. <laughs> Don't give I, up. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for, yeah, man. for this great conversation. Thank you for allowing us into your heart, your mind and your family. Thank you, coach. And, and I'm always here for you, brother. You know that every day, always and forever. All right, man. Love you, man. That was an amazing episode with Conway. It was, I learned some things about him I didn't even know. And I, I mean, we all hope to have the relationships with our families that, that Conway has with his boys. That he, Even me, like, I learned something about how you know, I can appreciate my wife more. These are things that we get to do in triathlon from each other. These these pieces of the pie that we are missing that we said that we're looking for or we that some people say we're running from it's this is that cohesiveness of within triathlon that brings this to us like without triathlon we wouldn't have that relationship and Conway brought that to us and I really appreciate him and and that's the key of what like triathlon is doing for him right it, it gives him the time to have those quiet moments in the pool to reflect on the 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 memories with his father to reflect on the memories of you know with his boys or actually create new ones with his family it's all about togetherness it's all about us and if conway has taught us anything is that we can do this together and no matter how hard it is we can keep pushing forward 
So thank you guys, man, for listening and, and, and tune in for the next one. And guess what? We're going to bring you more about who people are, why they are, and what makes them who they are. The Beyond Podcast Series brought to you by Hoka and Iron Man.